Blog Talk Radio. Just a good old boy. Obama's gonna put you in jail. Never meaning no harm. You guys are all gonna go to jail. It's all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. I'm coming day and night. But we tortured some folks. Hitler had plans. See through all of your lies, Barack Obama, you wicked, wicked devil! Don't bitch kick him! The ball to see. Holy shit, man. That's the other bill, that's terrorist! Other building? That's terrorist, bro! That's fucking terrorist! Hello, my little trolls, my little sock puppets. We are tuned in to Hate Radio, broadcasting all across the galaxy. Break out the terror mask, put your kids to sleep. Here's your host, Hate. Gentlemen, you're listening to a dangerous episode of Chronicle.su Hate Radio tonight. So we're going to ask that you put the children to bed or make them lay down on the floor with their hands over their ears. Because tonight we're covering a lot of ground, and we're going to do something we don't normally do on the Internet Chronicle, and we're going to talk about politics. You could also abort your babies if you're smart. If uh, That's what Donald Trump did, right? He used that old abortion lady as his – he was just pumping out abortions. Well, he knew the value of uh, – fetuses years before uh, Planned Parenthood got on, and he was pumping out fetuses from three different wives. He had over 70 abortions. It got to the point where he was tired of waiting for the pregnancy to take. So he How the hell do you think he financed his real estate career? Out of thin air? No way. He did it the hard work in American way. By pumping out fetuses from several different girlfriends at once. You know, this is how Jim Cramer broke uh, his own stock because he knew that you just you could just put a little bit of money on it, and then suddenly you've got to run on abortions and everybody wants one. All his girlfriends were like, oh, you're going to pay for my whole abortion. And he'd be like, yeah, and wink at them and then make, you know, 10 grand off of each each fetus. Yeah, they, and they, they were, were in the of it. Well, they were, they were for fun. They, they liked, were relieved. They thought they thought they were getting off easy for him paying for the abortion, but they weren't. Well, he was, you know, on the side making a couple, you know, you know, five figures or so off of their and their all their calcium was depleted. They were just these withered skeletons with osteoporosis. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they couldn't even, uh, you know, they stopped having their periods. But that was the one chicken's armor, and it seems to be he's wearing this uh, impenetrable 
plate armor of racist anti-immigration and that uh, that's the big thing they've learned from Facebook analytics is that, hey, guess what? We can, you know, scapegoating Mexicans is super effective. Just keep pressing that button. And uh, so they tune in to you and you drop out. He was able to say pretty much anything he wanted. It was all anchored by that uh, anti-Mexican agenda. Absolutely. And that was set, he set the whole conversation with that from his one hateful tweet, you know. About them, uh, how Mexico is sending their rapists. Yeah. Like, like the Mexican government is like finding out who rapes like Fidel Castro and Cuba and the Bay of Pigs. And they're just sending them over here, like it's a concerted effort. And when they were like, do you really believe this? He was like, hey, yeah, they're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be stupid not to think so. But also, even if you don't think so, you'd be stupid not to be full of hate. Uh, It's the right thing to do. And that's why (laughs) we lovingly titled this show Hate Radio, Radio Hate is uh, you know we've got our finger on the pulse and we knew what Americans wanted and we're giving you exactly what you want. We're filling a market demand. You know, it, it's unbelievable that it's taken um, Mark Zuckerberg's invention of Facebook to find out what the Nazis always knew. You can just pick out the other and, and uh, just chip away at them and, and increase your own power like, like a bully, you know? And and now it's uh, according to David Columbia's article, it's really just a matter of computational analytics applied to these uh, demographics to, to you know sort of uh, engineer the way you would not goes. believe the advertisement. There was this unbelievable advertisement on d- during this uh, so-called debate where they constantly circled around the issue of. Uh, you know, anti-immigration, like like uh, you know, like like coyotes. Yeah, they were picking at it. They were just <laughs> nipping at it. They were nipping at it <laughs> over and over and over. And there was this advertisement by this group called Numbers, and they said it's just numbers. And there was the and 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 that was that was anti-immigration. They were saying that anti-immigration is just a just numbers, you know. Not that there's any people involved. It's just numbers. Numbers. And, and it was like the log on to numbers dot com or something. Don't you remember on your Street when I was <laughs> the alphabet and the numbers came out and instead of like being uh you know like a one with a serif on it, it was an old immigrant lady carrying her her children on each hip. That was the number three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And oh my God. You know? You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Sesame Street uh, was so ahead of its time. <laughs> that, was some, that was some of that kind of biting, confrontational satire that's not allowed nowadays after after Charlie Hebdo. Uh, why is that? Oh, that's what, that's what all the leading satirists say. Oh, yeah, you can't have satire anymore. Well, it's not that you can't. It's just that they say that no one will find it. It's cool to say that you can't because then when you do it, everybody's like, oh, look what he's doing. What an edgy fuck. It's all about being edgy, right? We're edgy. We've got 
a lot of a lot of edges. We Maybe. cruise on that edge. We walk. We walk the edge. I uh, I don't know, man. But what line do we walk? I think no matter what we do and no matter what we say, it's like everything we do is perfectly safe. You know. Like I don't feel like I've ever said anything controversial, but I I described my uh, I met this guy the other day, and I told him uh, well he told me first of all that uh, he's like into politics, and so I just said I don't like politics because I don't like to talk about it, <laughs> and and he told me well I'm extremely conservative like I didn't ask you know what he was or anything he just told me anyway, so like I uh, man I'm getting like talks here numbers USA. <laughs> dot com okay and he said that he's extremely conservative but um you know that mainly just applies to guns when it comes to guns right so i said well i like guns too i love guns in fact you could say i take a liberal stance towards gun ownership i think people should own a lot of guns and he and he just kind of <laughs> looked at me for a second he's like because he understood it. He knew exactly what I was saying. He goes, wow, in some kind of, what kind of bizarro world would that be? <laughs> I don't think he understood what you were saying, man. I uh, probably uh, just thought liberal as in the political word and not in the meaning of it as in any other way. Well, that's the, what I like to do, though. I like to I like to use it. But, I mean, obviously, someone who's literate should know that the word liberal just means, you know, Kind of uh, open and free and giving, you know. Well, I think he did get it because he seems like a pretty smart guy. So, but also, I don't know. That's why I. He just still, saw you as a total con- self contradiction. Yeah. For believing in gun, for being a. I, having a liberal stance on gun ownership, which implies that people should own lots of guns. Yeah. Nah, he got but, it. No, if he's so bizarre, that sounds like he didn't get it. It's like, well, I think he probably got it, but you know when you understand something, but you say something else because your understanding hasn't totally caught up with just trying to make the conversation move forward, which happens a lot on this show. Oh, you think he said that and was like uh, oh, yeah, five okay. seconds yeah. later? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. That's a that's an interesting phenomenon right there. It happens all the time. Yeah, all the time. Especially on this show, because we have an obligation to sort of keep it going and avoiding dead air. Well, in any conversation, there's a lot of. It's rarely the one that really follows a. Well, maybe a, we don't. A string, you know, a line. Maybe we don't uh, take enough time to, like, check each other. Like, what did you mean by that? And, you know, kind of slowing it down a little bit. We only have 30 minutes, but still, we could do that. Well,. That's plenty of time. That's more time than people put into anything these days. It's yeah. probably intolerable for them to listen to. We're <laughs> heard... sorry it's so long. You yeah. know, we'd do it for 15 minutes if we could. We just can't. We can actually. Oh yeah. Remember that one time I did it on accident? Well, <laughs> so we only had a 15. I don't know. Maybe we should. I don't like 15. It's too short. It's we We'd almost be over already. Yeah, we would have to start the song now to make it in under the mark. You know, who cares? No one listens to us for the songs, you know? I don't... I like... Look, it's not a radio show if there's not a fucking song on it. Why even bother then? It's a podcast, otherwise. 
and I mean, I guess it becomes a podcast. But look, I, it's one song. It's not killing anybody. You know, this whole radio thing is really kind of uh, thin. <laughs> Somebody told me. Put on you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, there's there's no radio signals going out. No, it goes out over the over the sat net if somebody happens to tell. <laughs> oh, that's right. We've gone over that. It is in space right now. Yeah. Assuming someone is listening to the sat net. Which chances are pretty slim, probably. Well, I know for a fact that two nights ago we were beamed out across space when we had that conversation about the sad nuts. Somebody, oh, wow. <laughs> I know that. Someone called in and was like, hey, that went out. Well, you know who it was? It was Asher. She was on Satnet that night. Ah. And she was even going to call in because we were talking about Mr. Robot. Why didn't she call in? Because uh, she didn't have Skype installed. She just reset her phone. Oh. Um, Mr. Robot is so accurate. It's uh, what everyone says, what everyone says, and it, it's <laughs> these absurd situations that would never occur in real life. But they sprinkle on some of the right words, you know. They say, like, "Oh, that's a DDoS," and you yeah. think they've got a root kit, you know. It's like, "Oh, wow." Hey, have they done any SQL injections yet? No, that's coming. If that this should have been the first thing they went with. That's happened. No, that never happened to us, but we watched it happen to so many sites in 2011. <laughs> People God. listen. Uh, somebody told me. They yeah. went wild with that shit, unlike any other type of shitty security hole I've ever seen in my life. It must have been just as easy as copying and pasting. <laughs> it was. It was. It was something you could probably learn in an hour or two at you know, or less if you're already kind of understood things like regular expressions, you Back in the day when I was still doing the hacking stuff, I figured out a lot of stuff. Like, I went to a website called 7chan, which is, I don't think it exists anymore. No. But you could go there, and there was a really good uh, tech section where it was, like, really active, and people were willing to teach you just the nastiest shit. Yeah. And I learned some really good stuff. I learned how to... um I learned how to spoof Facebook, Gmail. You phishing. Right? Yeah, phishing. Uh, banks. You could do bank pages that way. I never did that. Um, but then you could do some other stuff too that uh, that I I don't even know if I should say it, but I don't do that anymore. But I learned some really neat stuff. Uh, I just wonder if there's any more communities like that still going on. You mean script kitties? Yeah, they're all out there all the time, more than ever. I don't, I don't know if that was like the fishing well, was not script different. skitty. It's a little yeah, different than skitty, but somebody told me the other day that uh, they don't like to listen to podcasts, but they listen to our show cover to cover. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, listeners. We really hope you. We'll learn to fuck off and listen yeah. to what we have to say for, for real, and just sit there quietly <clears throat> and nod in in agreement, because that's all we really need, and we don't even need that. We don't need listeners. We do this not for you, but for us. So it's not. A, this is just a put on. This is not a radio show. Is it a podcast? Well, at best, it's a satellite stream. And that gives us immortality across the whole universe in the form of a kind of radio wave. I think radio is not just the signal, but it's the format. This is more radio format than anything else. I've never heard a radio show that's like this at all. 
What, not, not even coast to coast? Well, coast to coast is constantly doing interviews. And uh, and the guy calls in and he talks for 45 yeah. minutes. And it's like in that 40th minute you realize he's just been selling you a product. <laughs> well, that's how I hate that always so. It's the best infomercial delivery system is coast to coast AM. Well, then again, the product is so worthless. And so many of these guys don't make it. You know, you can tell that no one's buying their bullshit. Or some they don't always sell shit, but <clears throat> what they're selling is the story, man. And it's entertainment, and it's really into that. Now, we have a lot of listeners, but one thing I don't really know, and we don't really get any feedback on this, is like, when are we interesting, and when is this just absolutely unbearable? I don't probably, know. It's probably some kind of uh, total combination of both. It's uh, it's like um, like a book that uh, you had to read like three-fourths of it to realize that it sucks, but you've already read so much that you just got to finish it now. Yeah. But that first one quarter might have been really good. It had a real hook. It had John Season <laughs> talking about little bald pussies and um, yeah, welcome to the jungle. And then by the 50th page, they introduce some shitty character that becomes the focus of the work. And, and it gets all self-conscious and they start talking about the work itself and – which is what we're doing right now. <laughs> hey, what was the last book you ever read that uh, that you totally finished it, but it totally sucked? Um, I, you know, totally sucked. How how bad does that have to be? It totally sucked. Well, maybe the know. ending was disappointing, or the characters were two dimensional. Well. I think the one that totally sucked was Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson. And the characters were spotty and mostly all sucked and were occasionally racist caricatures of, you know, the weakness in other cultures that may have lost wars or something. And horribly long and non-fictional kind of unentertaining piece of trash. Uh, But the ending was so comic book hilarious, it was almost a relief and it was almost like, well, that really unwinds all that tense fucking bullshit you piled up. It was actually kind of so lame and cliche, you know, that it kind of was good of an ending. But the whole... the the whole slog, it was just nothing but a slog like this. And it was like going to war as a mathematician. And you really thought, you know, it's just a terrible thing. And at the end, you get a huge gold payout and bitcoins and gold. You know? <laughs> Did you ever read um, Grapes of Wrath? No. That had a strange ending. Really? Yeah. Should I say how it ended? Spoiler alert. Okay. Don't say it. Uh, well, the whole book is about, you know, depression, Great Depression, right? Dust Bowl. Okay. And then, well, at the very end of the book, 
it's this old man like sucking on a young woman's tit and you know for sustenance it's this like really old man like he's basically a dying old man sucking on this lady's tit on the tit of the next generation yes I mean you can so it's like uh, social security is the answer well <laughs> Steinbeck wasted no time at all writing writing that book after the Great Depression. So I don't think that they even had that yet. Well, God bless. That's a great ending. I like that idea. And, you know, Social Security is like one of the few really socialist institutions that had survived all this uh, red bait and commie hate and, you know, <laughs> past 50, 60 years, right? I think years. the book that I read from beginning to end, well, this isn't really fair because it was uh, prescribed to me in school, but it was uh, What Maisie Knew by Henry James. That book was so fucking boring and dry. <laughs> and it was just so, like, thick with this fucking bullshit prose. You know, reading that book was like studying your grandmother's furniture. You know how it has those patterns? <laughs> and you're just, it's got all these tiny little pieces of shit of little trinkets everywhere. Yeah, it's full of trinkets, man. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't even really, I don't, I, that's probably not even a valid criticism of the work, but I don't care. Think of Joey's World Tour. Trinket. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I had more fun watching Joey's World Tour <laughs> a couple of days ago than than I ever had reading that book or anything I ever. I didn't even take anything away from it. I refused to let that book impart on me anything useful. Like, like well, that's some a kind of experience. terrible way to read it. Well, yeah. it is. Of course, and, it's not going to be a good experience with that type of a reading. Well, know? that's because by by the time <laughs> I was halfway through it. I had I was so strongly that book was like in rejection, man. <laughs> I just uh, I just couldn't allow myself to enjoy it because I I hated the characters. I hated the little girl. It's about this little girl that is that is like systematically abused by everyone in her life, and it's a really gut wrenching story. But it's delivered in this way that it's just so dry that I I, I hate the little girl. I would I would have. As a reader, it was written by a man. Oh, it was, yeah, it was Henry James. And as a reader, I was taking part in that little girl's abuse, like just like anybody else in, in the book. So, Eljar or Turn of the Screw, those were some fucked up kind of uh, gothic chick type of books. I feel kind of bad for that girl. Like, she's fictitious and she doesn't exist, but just the way I treated her just now, it makes me feel kind of bad. And I, you know, I shouldn't have said those things. It's abuse to a fictional character right there. You ever do that? Abuse a fictional character? Oh, sure. Were you going to say something about the bell jar? No. You ever, uh, you abused Phineas, but that's, you were writing him. Writing the in a good story, writing is you're very abusive to your characters. Not in the, I mean, not, there's doesn't have to. I mean, I think that's what makes a good story is that you put your characters through some kind of uh, a ringer, right? Some kind of abuse. 
they don't just waltz through sunlight and say la di da in the world of utopia. That's kind of uh, that's the kind of book that people care to read. Some people that's how children's books are. The the they encounter no there's like no uh, conflict. I don't know. What about the rabbit uh, goes to the what about the melancholy of uh of uh no, I'm talking Winnie, about Winnie the Pooh or uh He did seem to be battling demons, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, and Charlie Brown constantly. Or uh <clears throat> He could never know. kick the football. And he he was in love with Lucy, right? No. He was in love with the red-haired girl. Oh, never even saw her face. It was such wow. a tease. What's her name, Patty? Oh, it was no, a red-headed she, girl. She, she didn't even know. No, Patty was not in love with him, but he didn't care at all for her. Peppermint Patty. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I felt for her. Come on, man. You don't know your peanut uh, tri- love triangle fucking thing? Lucy was in love with <clears throat> the piano-playing guy, Linus. No, not Lioness. Uh, I forget his name. No, I'm I'm sorry that I didn't catch Peanuts growing up. I was watching my parents fight. <laughs> Good. Well, I was just watching people have have uh, dramatic relationships in a cartoon panel. <laughs> just just remove that much from humanity. And you, thank you, you very much. Uh, we all had it. You had the authentic we thing. Had no, had, you did too. I just had the cartoon, you know. I can I can I'll I can I'll expose your demons right now on this fake radio show and tell everybody that you had a rough childhood too, like me. And everybody should feel very bad for Kilgore right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> even though he caught the peanuts, he was he was living a sham, his whole life was a fraud. You know about Donald Trump though, right? When he said he you know what he said tonight. And people are like, why? Why are you calling these women uh, fatties and and uh, you know basically being sexist as hell, attacking women for their appearance? And he said, oh, that's only Rosie O'Donnell, and and everybody <laughs> in the audience erupted in laughter. Oh man, he got and, there with a fat people hate. No, and then and then uh, the the news reporter said. Because these weren't debate moderators, let's be honest. These were just news anchors nailing them with fucking talking points. And she used to be a model before that, so. And she said, no, you're lying. That's not true. We know that you were talking about other people, and that's part of the question. And he's like, yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. And then, and then he finally got back on his feet and was like, we don't have time for political correctness. We've got real problems. I saw him and, say uh, that. You know, the funny thing about that was he has all this time to say this politically incorrect bullshit. And it's just – but he doesn't have time enough to say politically correct. You know, it's like – When he could have just given the he's, message. He's all the things he's saying are a waste of time to begin with. You right. know, if you're attacking someone's uh, appearance, that that's not going. You think that you think that uh, not doing that would be a waste of time? No, doing that is your waste of time, your waste of breath, your waste of a keyboard. Well, that, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna be honest here, the whole debate was a waste of time. Well, it was a it was a glorious spectacle. 
speaking of fat people and speaking of fat people hate, uh, this is like the last thing we have time to, to bring up here, but uh, Coontown finally went down on Reddit. Ellen Powell had uh, nothing to do with it. She was out. Her legacy lives on. Well, and they, they continue to take stuff down and Coontown. Think she's, still blame, she's still taking the blame for that? No, I just wanted to say it because it's a buzzword. Yeah. I just wanted to say it. Just, just, just to feel relevant. I feel like... Uh, all their hate for her has proven to be irrational sexism. Okay, well, what about, dude? I don't know about that, but what about Coontown going down? I mean, it seems like didn't we even say that that was going to happen on, uh, on the air while we were looking at it? Seems like seems like we said that. I mean, I hope we did. Kilgore, you're an asset to this nation, and you're a good American. Uh, have a little hate. Have a little hate in your heart. This is Hate Radio. I'm Hate Stuck. This is the Chronicle.su.
Confront me 